What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom-built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding the finance, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. And welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz, and Ann Kennedy, my partner, is the author of Global Search Engine Marketing. And together, we're serial entrepreneurs who help tech companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more about us at outlinesventure.com. And we have a wonderful guest with us today. I'd like to introduce Cynthia Hammersley. Cynthia is the managing uh, member at Verticality. And Cynthia, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Jillian. Thank you, Anne. It's great to be here. We're glad, to, glad to hear you, Cynthia. Really okay. looking forward to it. Yeah. Cynthia, tell us a little bit about Verticality and what it is you do at that company. Well, at Verticality, what we tell people is that our goal is to transform startups to scale-ups. And that's how we came about the name. It's all about making, making your company more vertical in the short term. Okay, that makes good sense. And by vertical, you mean as in trajectory up, as in up and to the right? <laughs> yes, trajectory in revenue. It's all about revenue. Our whole focus is on taking companies who are um, at a place. What we really look, work with is companies who they have a product that is maybe not perfect, but good enough. It's a minimum value proposition that should be sellable to a customer in its current form it may not be the perfect thing that you'd ever want, but it's good enough to solve somebody's business problem and should be able to generate some revenue. And we connect them from where they are at the end of that development cycle to doing all the things that you need to do to really hook up a sales and marketing and a revenue engine to that so that you can get that product out into the market. We believe not in letting companies overdevelop a product before they bring it to market because you really should develop your roadmap based on the customer business problems you encounter and let your customers tell you the kinds of features that you need to build into future versions of your product. Makes all kinds of sense. Anne and I were just doing a show recently on this exact same subject, and we're doing a series of shows on bringing in that early revenue. So this is about as early as revenue really comes to a startup company, just at the point where we have a minimum viable product. It certainly needs lots of work, but as Anne says, done is better than perfect. So Every now, day. Yes, yeah. every single day. That's so, for sure. so getting into you know the weeds now, um, you know, we understand why early revenue is critically important, right? The more revenue you make, the less funding you need to keep your company going. Uh, cash is certainly your friend, and it makes all kinds of sense. However, 
Um, in addition to that, we also talked about the fact that having a paying customer as your focus group makes even better sense than going to hire people to look at something and say, well, if it had this, then I would have paid that. It's amazing to have people who have already been willing to put some money on the table and then tell you what it is that they need to make it better. So we're all behind what you do, Cynthia. Uh, let's dig in a little bit more. Um, how does this you know, path to early cash get uh, formed and how do you, you know, I don't know, how do you make these uh, uh, juggernauts happen? Well, I'd like to start with talking about the actual early stage funding. One of the things that I'd like to uh, put out there as counsel to uh, CEOs of startups is that often uh, they, and especially if you're working with angels, don't think in terms of the path beyond the product. And you want to be thinking in terms of getting that early cash so that you have enough to get it past building a product. One of the things that you'll find if you, if you follow the literature and the statistics is that up through the bubble uh, in 2001, thousands of startups, 90% failure rate. Between 2001 and today, millions of dollars have been spent in every major city in the U.S. to build up an ecosystem to create more startups, but the failure rate is still 90%. Because what happens, what we see every single day is that people get to the end of that minimum viable product and they've expended every penny that they had planned and they have nothing to do the actual work of getting revenue. Everyone loses in that proposition. So the first thing, we, if we get you early enough, we talk to you about let's work with your investors to make sure that you have a plan to hook up an engine because nobody does it for free. Right. But once, once we get you to that point, what we sit down and talk about is, you know, what, how, how are you thinking the customer is going to use the product. It's interesting that not every person who develops a product has really thought about what customer business problem they're solving. And, you know, I have this talk with so many founders. They, everyone thinks that their product is beautiful because they birthed it and they loved on it and they created it and they spent nights, weekends, and family time building it. But you know what? There isn't a customer in the world that really cares about any of that. All they care about is they have a business problem, and if you can solve their business problem, they'll pay you a very uh, qualified amount of money to solve that problem for them, especially if it's less than what that problem costs them. And you have to have that orientation. So what we do is we sit down we educate our, our founders and our early-stage companies about, okay, tell me about your product and what business problems does it solve. And if they don't know, then we work with them to try and understand the industry, understand the product environment, we go out and talk to what we call friendlies, which are companies that um, we have a very wide Rolodex in all different industries, and we go call on 10 to 15 friendly accounts, people where we have contacts, and we'll ask them, tell me what your business problems are. What, what's trending in your business in terms of the kind of things that people like you are trying to solve? And then what, we wind that back to the product that the startup has and craft a sales pitch and a whole sales program around solving that business problem. What's interesting there is that um, when I take a, uh, a, a CEO or someone from a startup out to meet with one of these companies, they always want to tell them everything there is to know about their product. And you know what? Again, the customer just doesn't care. I, we, what I do is I, I have a whole technique about training them to go in and qualify the customer to want to know more, but only telling them what they need to know to solve their business problem because they don't care about your baby. Your baby might be beautiful to you, but they just don't care. And they're amazed often how 
quickly this, the, the results turn around in terms of how they're able to connect with the customer and get them to actually give them cash. Yeah, it makes all kinds of sense. The focus has to be on the customer and what the customer is worried about. Otherwise, everything else falls to the wayside. And you're absolutely right to blather on about the technology is generally a useless uh, proposition. So um, I wanted to cover a little bit about how you work with startups in uh, in terms of planning for the funds it takes to make the early money. Again, we just did this show on it takes money to make money. So we'd love to dive in a little bit there. How do you, you know, what do you say to startups about planning for funds? Well, you know, realistically, it takes three times the amount of money to do the sales and marketing that it takes to create the product. If I got to a a company early enough in their cycle of getting seed funding, I would tell them if, for example, because the numbers are easy, if if you think it's going to take you $50,000 to build an MVP, then you need to have $200,000 in seed funding and you need to save that $150,000 to do an adequate job of actually connecting your product to a marketplace that will then fund the rest. Sounds like a lot, but it really, that's what it takes. Now, yeah. if, if we um, run into a startup that doesn't have that kind of funds, we try to find, find ways of doing it with them uh, by hooking them up with other investors. But again, you know, the later you do it, the more you give up, right? If you do it early on and you train your investors that you're going to need that money, what I tell them the investor side of it is you're actually, by giving more money up front and accommodating that 3x that you need over and above the product, you're actually reducing your overall um, risk in investing in an early stage company because you have a much better guarantee that you're going to get not only your money back, but a multiple of your money, which is the whole reason why you're investing in these kind of companies in the first place. I would say certainly this process of uh, path to cash, as you call it brilliantly, um, is the the real hang-up on getting money as well. Um, People who are interested in funding startups with brilliant technology ideas or uh, marketing ideas, whatever it is, um, they have trouble with seeing how the money is going to get made. Uh, With a group like yours plugging in, if you will, it actually makes a more compelling argument that they're going to see that cash. And as soon as they see it, they know how it will modulate uh, the product in order to go and scale. So it makes all kinds of sense to me. Well, and it's a timing thing. See, a lot of times we come in where they've got the MVP. If we were in sooner, we would be doing working with them to do all the things that you need to do that we ended up doing right at the end of, I have a product. You know, many companies are not spending time. What are the competitors in this market? What, mar- what percentage market share do they have? Is there somebody who already owns this market? In which case, that de- de- helps you decide, do I want to go after what we call greenfield? Is there a greenfield left of customers who haven't heard about this kind of a solution? Or do I have to attack the competitor? Um, Are there alternative products that could solve the same customer business problem? I find that founders are rarely thinking about these things. They think, wow, my my baby is so beautiful and this product is so wonderful, but there might be another two or three ways that that customer can solve their problem. Well, you have to come up with a a really strong argument for why you have the best way then. So you have the competitive analysis. You have to define, um, and then... A lot of times we find that um, companies are thinking that there's these whole swaths of different types of prospects. It's very hard to be successful in getting revenue, especially in, in a quick form, with a straight path to cash, if you're trying to talk to too many different types of customers. 
you want to try all kinds of sense. Hang on one second, though. We're going to have to take a break here at CEO Coach. When we come back, we're going to dig into exactly how this process works. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. We're talking today with Cynthia Hammersley, Hammersley, excuse me, of Verticality. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Jillian. I'm with Ann, and today we're talking to Cynthia. Now, Cynthia, you were telling us about this process at Verticality in which um, you're well, I'm just going to let you take it away, actually, in, in which you get in to the description of how it is you work with companies to find how to get to that first revenue. Okay, now once we know the market landscape, which is what we just talked about, what's the competition, what are alternative products, who's out there, um, we look at what what is the best prospect that matches the, where we can solve a business problem that is quantifiable and valuable to that particular customer, and we put a really tight boundary. We're only going to call on these types of customers because it's that focus which is what shortens the time frame. Yeah, you learn a lot of stuff about what customers might want, but we want to go after the group of people that are most likely to be in a position where we can give them what I call a a painkiller, not a vitamin. You know, it's a lot easier to sell a painkiller than it is a vitamin because, you know, vitamin, you might, might be able to make a decision today, maybe next month, who knows. But if I've got pain and I can come in and solve that problem... Man, you have my full attention, and I'm all ears, and I know exactly how much money I'm willing to spend to solve that problem. And if your product does that for me, there's my path to cash. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make a decision. And that's what we're looking for, tight 
putting a tight boundary around the prospects who are likely to make a quicker decision because we're bringing them a painkiller at a price that makes business sense to them. It's all about that. So, Cynthia, that makes all kinds of sense. Uh, You find these most likely candidates, and these are the people who have a pain point, not necessarily just a growth opportunity. Um, And when you can offer them a painkiller to solve that pain point, then you have what you call quick decision makers. And with that, you make a very tight boundary around those folks, and those would be your low-hanging fruit. You pay no attention to all of the ancillary folks. If you address too many people, it's not valuable. All right, so as you move from there... What do you do as you proceed with these quick decision makers um, and, you know, this, this bounded group of small targets? How do you proceed from there? Well, we actually do that work ourselves. We're, you know, we're not uh, going to be making hundreds of calls. We do that in the early stage with the first 20, 30 customers. We go in, we've, we tighten the sales deck, um, we tighten the sales approach, we test the script, we test all of those things, and when we start to see traction, and we, we actually will close those first few deals, then we start to build um, a script that can be brought to a set of people who are less expensive. Um, we create a repeatable, templatable sales process that generally has components including um, some kind of outbound telemarketing function. Um, we like to bring in an SEO expert to identify um, what kind of page ranking and, and organic search you're doing now, you know, the whole paid search. We look at all of that stuff, um, the website, all of those sorts of things. So we're looking at both di- digital and traditional methods, but trying to build in an operational program that includes the entire sales and marketing engine, and we start to populate that with people, a script, a repeatable process that's done multiple times, And it's based on the fact that we've already tested it and gotten the results we're looking for. And then you can go from there and tweak it. Once we have that, we should be able to start to see what we call a revenue engine operating where you're getting now a predictable amount of cash. So to summarize, in that early stage, we're testing the the sales approach. Uh, Is it a painkiller? Have we identified the painkiller? Have we quantified the painkiller? Have we figured out how long the, the sales cycle is, is it one, two, three calls, what's needed, what kind of questions do they typically ask. We do all of that in the first 60 to 120 days ourselves, and then we build the process around that so that much less expensive, much less experienced people can be given the tools and, and capability to actually do that on a repeatable basis and be managed to a close rate that is knowable, predictable, and a pro forma can be built that will generate a known, uh, comfortable, uh, validated uh, revenue in- income that will come over some period of time. And then you have something that you can really rely on as a realistic pro forma budget for revenue that you should expect. And now you can go back to the market and negotiate very strongly with what your market valuation is a company. Um, you'll know how much or how little money then you actually truly need to take the company to the next level. Because as you mentioned earlier, it's all about taking as little outside cash as you possibly can so that you maintain the control and the ownership yourself because we're all looking for a multiple. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So this idea of being able to create a performer, or in other words, projections to some of those who are listening to us, uh, based on real information rather than wishes and prayers, boy, that is an extraordinary thing. And of course, it does impact the market valuation, as you noted. You will know how much cash you need, now less and no more will need to be taken. So before we uh, wrap up on this segment, what other wisdom can you provide to those CEOs who are looking to do this kind of thing? Are there groups out there like you or are you quite an anomaly? Um, How does one find such, if you will, a plug-and-play addition to an early-stage startup? Because I can't imagine they wouldn't be in great demand. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I'm I'm based in Phoenix, as you know, as is most of my team. Um, uh, What I have heard is that in Silicon Valley, for example, especially if you're, you're working with some of the big venture firms, that they may have access to these types of resources. But again, you're paying a pretty pre- a pretty penny for them mm-hmm. uh, as part of the way uh, they invest their money in your company. Um, in Phoenix, there really isn't that. Um, we And we have not seen anyone else in the marketplace doing exactly what we're doing the way we're doing it. Um, we have done this successfully before, and uh, as I've shared with you in conversations you and I have had, we we have uh, been able to take companies to an exit at, you know, eight to ten times EBITDA, which is, uh, you know, it's not fantastic, but it's not bad either. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. In today's market, the average is running at about 2.5 to 4. So um, still, you know, eight to ten is still pretty darn good. Um, and, of course, having a revenue engine makes a great deal of difference. How far do you take a company in this process? Um, you know, you start at kind of ground zero with a minimum viable product and absolutely no sales. You're taking them from zero income. How far do you take a company? Do you take it all the way to exit or do you just kind of set it up, train the next set of folks and then move on to the next project? Well, it really depends on the kind of deal that we strike with the client. Um, depending on where you are and how much cash you have to work with, we usually no- negotiate a three-part deal. We like to take a uh, – because you usually can't pay us what you would have to pay us if you paid us our market rate, we'll take some of the money in, a, in an equity position of your company, which also guarantees that we're rowing the boat just as hard as you are in the very same direction. Um, we like to take a retainer, uh, again, well under what our normal market rate is, and then we take a big percentage of initial revenue because we're actually generating all of that for you. And what we find is, um, and the goal really is that we're not going to be with you forever. Our goal is to get you to a place where the company is operating very well on its own, where you can bring in somebody who is more, uh, we're builders. We build it. We get it operating smoothly. Then you can bring in the kind of management team who will work for options and and who is going to be more of the management type. They're not going to create something, but they'll be a, do a very good job of managing to a number, managing to a, uh, a performance metric that you give them. And what what we expect is that at some point you'll want to take more of the revenue yourself, and so we'll gradually exit stage right, and we'll go on to work with another startup and take them through the same process. And then we carry along our investment in your company as, as a piece of equity so that we participate when you exit. But the goal, and we're always available if you want to call us back, but the, the goal is really to make you self-sufficient, to be able to have that engine operating so that it doesn't need someone like us there all the time. We're not, we're not interested in living with you necessarily all the way through exit. 
makes good sense. We're going to take another break here at CEO Coach. We come back, we're going to wrap up with Cynthia Hammersley of Verticality. Boy, there's a number of words there. Um, Cynthia, we're going to hope that you can share some hot tips with our folks who are listening in today about attaining that first revenue, about how to look at those situations, and even if they can't find outside groups such as Verticality to help them out, how they might essentially build the internal mindset that will help them focus on that first revenue. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash Webmaster Radio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. All-inclusive marketing is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. Welcome to All-Inclusive Marketing. Engage with All-Inclusive Marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-Inclusive Marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in All-Inclusive Marketing means award-winning winning leadership, excellence and results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to CEO Coach. We're wrapping up here with Cynthia Hammersley of Verticality and Ann Kennedy um, and myself. We're learning about how to think about early revenue, how to think like a company that is about to move vertically up the ladder in terms of revenue streams. So, Cynthia, as we close up here, what would your suggestions be to CEOs who either can or cannot find their partners such as Verticality uh, offers? Well, the first thing you have to think about is vetting the customers you're going to sell to. And I come back to something that's easy for people to remember. Figure out what the painkillers are that your product can solve. That is absolutely the starting point. If you waste your time on vitamins, you are going to spend a lot of time and you're going to talk to a lot of customers. And as we say in the sales selling game, you have to kiss a lot of frogs. And that's just not nearly as much fun as collecting cash. So to do that, you know, start by creating a tight boundary around the initial prospects you're going to go talk to. Um, figure out the ones that have the biggest problems that match your product. There may be plenty of targets later that you can expand to, and especially as you increase 
uh, the quality and uh, capability of your product and your roadmap builds out. There are other targets, but to get cash fast and to get it early, find and put a boundary around the key people you're going to talk to and go work that pile as hard as you can to get that revenue in the door. Um, And the way you do that is by learning all of their business problems. Number two, I would say, is you need to create a pitch deck. Your goal on that initial meeting with that tight prospect prospect group is not to tell them everything they need to know or ever wanted to know about their product or even to do a demo. Your, your goal on that meeting is to qualify that they have enough pain to want to need your product and um, that you can see that out of the, the three-part sales process that we use, which is essentially um, you, you spend the first 20 minutes of any meeting with a customer letting them talk about what their problems are. The only thing you tell them about your product is you repeat back to them their business problems and you tell them how your product solves those business problems. It's the only thing you tell them. And then the third part of the, the selling process is asking them, what do you think? And then you shut up. You only need eight, you only need eight slides to do that. And at the most, 10 on the worst case. And you don't tell them much about technology. You're only talking about business problems. You can do that in one hour. You can talk to a lot of people. And when I have some of my founders, uh, I train them in this approach, they call me and they're just like, wow, they asked for a contract. I get all kinds of interesting feedback because they can't believe that this really works, but it does. Mm -hmm. And then the third. It's true. Keep it simple and then shut up. (laughs) Right. And then the, the third and last item would be. Um, that your goal is not to continue to do all the sales calls yourself, but to figure out what kind of repeatable sales process you can create and build a sales engine around that that includes both the digital aspects as well as the traditional relationship, outbound telemarketing, direct sales, webinars, all of that stuff that is going to be the best fit for making a repeatable sales engine for your company. Brilliant stuff. And then I would like to return one more time to the way that you do work with folks to think about how they might set up folks who can help uh, with this sort of thing. And that would be know that you can provide an equity position, that a retainer will be required, and there will be a percentage of initial revenue uh, possibilities as well. So those are three parts of a deal that could make this possible for any company sitting anywhere. So thank you so much, Cynthia. I really appreciate your being with us today. It's been a pleasure. How can folks reach you if they want to get in touch? Well, the easiest way to reach me is uh, on email, cchammersley, and it's H-A-M-M-A-R-Y, E-R-S-L-E-Y, at verticality.com, or you can contact me by cell, and that number is 602-524-9461. Look forward to hearing from anyone, and, you know, I'm happy to just chat with you about your business and give you a few ideas, so give us a call. We'd be happy to talk. Okay, and Verticality is spelled V as in Victor, E-R-T-I-C-A-L-I-T-I, so that's verticality.com. Thanks again for being with us today, Cynthia. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was really great to have an opportunity to share what we do. Excellent. This has been Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at webmasterradio.fm for their support. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm, of course, and through iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and so many other places around the web. You can find links and more on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash CEO Coach 
podcast. Again, facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by, hit the like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell us what you'd like to hear and tell us about those that you'd like to have us interview. We'll try to answer our, your questions for you. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music, and this is Ann Kennedy. You can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.